This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Oh, good morning, Canada. Another GTC coming at you. Busy, busy weekend in the world of golf. I can't believe the amount of leaderboards and championships. We had a Canadian victory. Well done, Stephen Ames. We're going to get into all of it today. Zakina with you in studio. Adam Scully will be by in a few segments later on at the bottom of hour one, of course. Mr. Bob Weeks. Bob, how are you? I'm assuming, Bob, there was not much golf for your weekend that you were kind of glued to all these stories i mean a ridiculous amount of stories in the world of golf this weekend you would be wrong um <laughs> i got out saturday and sunday got out ahead of the uh, you know with the my main focus was on the uh, women's open and so with it being a west coast time i could get out early enough and make it back and uh, still be in touch with all the action but it was a there were long days i'll tell you that and uh and some signs some signs of life from the old golf game so that's uh that's encouraging as well. I can tell you, I with the new Sim 2 driver, and I'm not just blowing smoke, but that and the lessons that I've been taking, I think uh, I've hit three or four of the longest drives I've hit in a long time on uh, over the weekend, so wow. that's always fun to let one rip, right? Yes, yes. As uh, Adam Scully would say, hitting bombs, making mm-hmm. bombs. I don't know. I think we hit them. I don't think we make them. But anyway, I love the heat, Bob. That's part of it too, right? You get these hot temperatures in the city mm-hmm. and just the body exactly. feels good and the ball goes further. And uh, it's uh, well, good. I'm glad you played. This guy did not play any golf. Going to hope try to play a little bit this week. But I am uh, jumping back into PGA Tour radio duties with the Palmetto Championship at Congaree, which is really mm-hmm. the fake Canadian Open. Is basically what it is. (laughs) But we got a busy, busy show for you. Uh, Mr. Butcher, $100 gift uh, card giveaway. We'll continue that at the end of hour one. Todd Kierstead, who is from uh, the Bring Back the Game Initiative, has launched Paragolf Canada. We kind of highlighted that a few weeks ago. On Golf Talk Canada, I had the opportunity to sit down with Todd about the launch of Paragolf Canada and, and what it means and why now and why the importance of it. A crazy amount of golf to recap. Uh, U.S. Women's Open, where you know we had history with the first ever Filipino major champion. We had a 17-year-old try to steal the show at the U.S. Women's Open. We had Patrick Cantley with a victory, kind of kind of victory which we'll get into it's kind of the consolation prize victory and what does this mean and man i got more questions than anything else on all of this uh steven ames with his second career victory on uh, pga tour champion so well done to steven ames and mike weir with the second place finish but uh before uh, we waste any more time let's get to it with some news and headlines news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger Everybody knows one. All right, Bob, we're going to break down what happened on Champions Tour with Stephen Ames, Patrick Cantley, uh, U.S. Women's Open. So we'll, we will dive into the tournaments and, and take a deeper look in, in segments in today's show. Uh, but let's get to just some uh, major storylines that broke this week. And, you know, we've had the conversation over the last year or so. 
what happens? What happens if somebody is running away with a golf tournament on the PGA Tour and then they test positive for COVID-19? Uh, what, what you know? What can we do? What you know? What can can we do to to save the integrity of the tournament? And the answer, I guess, is is not much because, listen, the PGA Tour did an amazing amazing uh, feat to be able to pull off what they've pulled off during COVID, uh, and keep people safe, and there were protocols in place, and the CDC in America now requires a ten day isolation for a positive test. John Rahm tested positive, the six-shot lead, it didn't matter. It wasn't, you, the CDC doesn't say you don't have to isolate unless you got a six-shot lead, right? They, there's, not that, there's not that asterisk, right? So what did you think when it went down? And I know it's a shame, but this is just kind of the way it goes, correct? Yeah, I mean, the biggest, uh, obviously the biggest PGA Tour's biggest nightmare to have this scenario play out. And you wonder, would there be this much worry, talk, discussion about it all, if John Rahm was uh, six shots back of the lead, right? Then wouldn't have mattered as much. I don't think we wouldn't have cared. But obviously, being in the lead, I, I, I just think the rules are the rules. And it doesn't matter where you are in the lineup uh, on, the, on the leaderboard. You know, you've got to follow the rules. And Patrick Cantley said after, you know, it feels a little different. But I, I don't think there's any need for an asterisk here. This is just the way the world is working right now. The PGA Tour has gone 52 events with only this one really the big test. There's been four, four confirmed in competition tests. Uh, we don't really hear much about the other three, but this one was a biggie just because of where John was. Now, a few weeks ago, I uh, received the memo regarding protocols and things like that of how the tour is going to be moving forward. I'm sure you've been receiving stuff because you're on your way to the U.S. Open and the USGA has certain protocol for people who are double vaxxed versus single vaxxed versus people who have chosen not to get vaccinated. There's going to be different rules for all of us. And that's, you know, that's the, the, the tournament and the company's prerogative to do what, you know, what their rules, what they want to lay out. If, if John Rahm was double vaccinated, does he even get tested here, Bob? Uh, no, he wouldn't have been tested under their protocols is the way I read, read them. And so he you know, just here. goes okay. to show you that maybe uh, maybe these, some of these guys, I, I understand from one of the press conferences that they said about north of 50% of the PGA Tour players have been vaccinated. Um, but, uh, boy, I would think if, if, if they weren't encouraged to do it before, they probably are now because nobody wants to find themselves in the same situation as Rahm was in. Yeah, because John Rahm, as far as we understand, is, is has had a single dose, has yet to receive his second dose. If he had received the second dose, he wouldn't have been tested under the new guidelines. He'd have one more victory on the PGA Tour, $1.6 million richer, and probably the heavy favorite as we head to Torrey Pines in two weeks for the U.S. Open. But history decided to rewrite that so okay interesting uh you know it's the world we live in we'll have to keep our eye on all this stuff as it moves forward and good news before we close the door on this john rom thing if he was if we, they were dealing with health canada and not dealing with the cdc bob he'd be withdrawing right now from the u.s open unable to put uh, peg it up at tory pines because health canada still requires a 14-day isolation other countries around the world have moved to a 10-day isolation. CDC, being one of them, has moved to a 10-day isolation, which means John Rahm comes out of isolation Tuesday of the U.S. Open. If, if, we're, if it was in Canada, 
he would not be able to play and would have to withdraw from the U.S. Open. So that, think of that. Think of how, how much worse it could have been for John Rahm. Okay, what do we make, Bob? Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, I hate this. I hate everything about it. Where are you on this? I find myself wanting to uh, go through the screen at Kepka and just punch him in the face with every stupid little video he posts. And he's just like this smarky thing. Like we're going to hand out free beer now to everybody who harasses Bryson DeChambeau, basically. Is that like, why would Michelob Ultra even attach themselves to this as a brand? What's that say about that? I, I hate that. I think DeChambeau, who says some awkward, really weird things, most of the time, I like what he said. Maybe the tour should just handle this. Like, he just kind of backed away from it. Where are you on this? I love it. I think this is the best thing that's happened to golf in a long time. I mean, I, I listen, if I'm Bryson, I'm probably getting a little irked by it. But I think it's just hysterical. I think Brooks is just sort of piling on. And maybe, yes, maybe the... Uh, uh, maybe the giving away the beer was a little bit uh, too much, but I just love the way he started that little Instagram post and said, hey, guys, it's Brooksy. And uh, it just made me laugh. But I think this is, look, look how much attention it's getting. Look how much uh, um, social media value it's driving. And so, I mean, I think there's there's a limit to where it should go. Like, I don't think, you know, I mean, unfortunately, Bryce is going to hear Brooksy for a while until maybe he gets involved and starts doing it. But he's he's his own worst enemy, putting out these videos with him lifting weights and Doing all these other things, so I think uh, I think it's it's fun as long as it doesn't go too far. And I will say the beer was very close to the line for me, um, but but I I don't have a, a big issue with it. Okay, two things. One, did you ever think the PGA Tour was going to have to clarify their bonus pool for moving the needle and clarify, <laughs> guys, we only want positive uh, imaging and positive hits. Uh, basically, you know, if, if your social media handle blows up because of negative press, we're not going to pay you out of this pool. Like, I never thought they'd think that. And number two, what's Steve Stricker thinking right now, Bob? He's got a U.S. Ryder Cup team that desperately, desperately needs a victory on home soil. And right now he's got DeChambeau, Kepka, and Patrick Reed likely in that dressing room. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I... I think the as far as the Ryder Cup thing goes, I think these guys are um, big enough to put that side behind them. And winning cures everything. So if they do win, they'll be all hugging it out and being bros and everything. But listen, this isn't the first time. This isn't the. This isn't going to be the first time that two guys who have let's let's not put it lightly who have hated each other um, are on the same team in the in that room. Yeah, they've had a few few situations in there where it's been a little bit dicey. Um, and maybe you know, just maybe, maybe. Do you think that maybe Brooks and Bryson are in on this together? Do you think maybe they're well, trying to drive the their social media values stuff, right? up? You know? <laughs> That's Never right. Know. I don't think so, but I just thought I'd throw line, that out there. Right. That's right. Uh, CP Women's Open. Unfortunate. Uh, what were the official dates, Bob, on the CP Women's Open? They can't. Obviously, they officially canceled it this week, but what were the dates? I think it's August 23 to 29 were the, uh, were the dates of it, and um, it's... Uh, you know it's early. A lot of people pointed that out, but the um, it takes a long time to get everything set up for a tournament. Like the build up, mm-hmm. you know, the build out. Actually, they called it uh, takes can take up to two months. And so to try and you've either got to say you're all in or you're all out. And I think at this point, uh, for Golf Canada and for the sponsors, it's it's just a lot safer and easier to say we're all out. I think everyone would love to have the tournament there, but. 
no one's going to come if you have to sit in quarantine for a couple of weeks or sit in one of those it, hotels it's just or something. A shame. You know, it's just not going to work. I know. I agree with you, and I understand, but it's just a shame. And the reason I ask the dates is, you know, if you believe what you read, you know, in the last several weeks, we've had governors and premiers and independent groups at the federal level uh, advising uh, the prime minister and laying out a blueprint on how as of June 22nd, now it might not happen June 22nd, but as of June 22nd, they might start looking at how to reopen the country uh, and uh, to follow the suit of what basically the EU is doing with uh, this is how you this is how you open borders again. This is how you move around again. This is what vaccination means to borders and things like this. And I'm just I don't know. I feel so bad. I feel like almost this is premature because I'm I'm feeling like come August we might not be in this situation. And I, it's a shame because I, I think we might be looking around in August going, we can come and go as we please, Bob. It, and it's got to be harder to swallow now knowing that the government's given the NHL a pass for the teams to come back and forth across the border, right? That's uh, that's the, the sticky yeah. part for me. Like where, if, if you let one group in, you got to let them all in. And I just don't understand how well, you Well, I that. think that NHL thing, to your point, Bob, and I'm with you, but I think that NHL thing, to your point, is the first signal that everything you're reading about right now that they won't publicly speak about on a microphone, but everything you're reading about, about border reopenings and moving around again, stuff like that is actually true. They're having those conversations and they are moving in that direction and they are laying out those plans and blueprints. And there's a G7 coming where people are talking about this stuff and yada, 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 yada. That, I think that to your point, that's the first sign that, okay, we're going to let the NHL. So I'm with you. I, I, I don't know. I, uh, listen, I don't have to run the tournament. I don't understand the logistics involved. I'm sure they're crazy. I'm sure it's insane. Like you said, a two-month build-out, as you suggest. But I was hoping we might wait a little longer before we pulled that plug. Okay, on the other side, let's flip gears to good news. One and two. Stephen Ames wins. Mike Weir becomes uh, finishes second. Mike Weir is like a top five machine right now on the Champions Tour. It seems every time he pegs it up, he's got a chance to win. Good on Stephen Ames. We'll talk Champions Tour next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver. Only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino with you, Weeks with you, Scully will be by a little later in the show. We've got a Mr. Butcher gift card giveaway, Todd Kierstead, Paragolf Canada. Uh, we'll touch base with Todd. God, we got a recap of U.S. Women's Open. We still haven't even spoken Memorial. So much happening in the world of golf. We've got a European Tour Monday finish this week as well, which is interesting. So we will get you caught up on uh, all leaderboards in the world of golf, including what's happening in the European Tour. And, Bob, today is the day's, the longest day in golf. We've got 36 whole sectional U.S. Open qualifiers happening all over America, and we'll get you caught up on that a little bit later in the show as well because there's some big names uh, and some Canadian content as well in those U.S. Open qualifiers. But speaking of Canadian content, Stephen Ames with a victory. 
on the Champions Tour, his second career Champions Tour victory. Mike Weir, again playing well. Second place finish for Weir. Canada goes one and two. And what? It, listen, Canadians have had amazing weeks on every tour around the world, with the exception of the PGA Tour, for several weeks now. Here we go with another victory, Bob. Well, we've had some we've had some good, decent weeks on the PGA Tour. We've had some brief moments too, like Corey leading the first round of the PGA Championship. But uh, the one-two finish of the Champions Tour is 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 very exciting. And we were trying to think back of the last time that might have happened. The only time I can recollect was the 1981 Quad Cities Open. Dave Barr won in a playoff uh, over four other players, and one of the other guys in that playoff was Dan Halderson. So that was a one first and T2, but not first and, not quite first and second. But for a while, it looked like it might be a Weir Ames playoff until Mike kind of had a little stumble down the, down the, the end of it. But uh, uh, very good for Steven. He's, um, he's, he's been battling a lot of kind of nagging injuries over the last year and a half or so. And, uh, and I think that uh, finally being healthy allows him to practice a little more and get his game. He's got that one. Don't you think he's got one of the sweetest swings in golf? I just love his golf swing. Yeah, I just love the tempo of it. It's just it looks so easy when he makes a pass at the ball. It's an easy looking move to watch. And, you know, he said he suggested in some of his post round comments what, what you said about the injuries and that. You know, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of things that need to line up all at the same time. And, and for these three days, they all lined up and, and it happened. You know, he averaged over 300 yards off the tee, averaged over 80% of his greens on some days, close to 90% of his greens. He rolled his putter well, ends up being a one-shot victory over Mike Weir. 12 under par, it's good for a one-shot over 11 Mike uh, Ames goes 68, 69, 67 for his second career Champions Tour victory. Bob, do you think uh, that maybe some of Mike's recent play maybe helped Steven just, I don't know, for lack of a better term, kind of inspired him or maybe lit a firecracker a little bit to say, hey, you know, uh, you can go out there and do this too. You, you guys, you know, contemporaries, you did it both at the same time. Uh, uh, roughly around the same times of your careers in the two in the first decade of the 2000s, where they both got it done at very large events. Uh, do you think that do you think Mike kind of poked Stephen at all with his recent good play? Possibly. You know, uh, the one thing I will say that uh, Stephen said after the round was that he spoke with Peter Jacobson, and uh, Peter Jacobson gave him a little talking to, and also. Uh, lent him his caddy <laughs> for the week. So maybe, maybe you know, I, th I think Stephen is a. Uh, Steven's a guy who needs to visualize shots. He's always told me that, that when he can visualize the shot he's got to do and the shape of the shot, he finds it much much easier. So he's sort of a visual. He's not a guy who's going to be worried about where his grip is when he's playing, worry about where his grip is or stance or his weight or things like that. And I think sometimes he's also a little bit um, his own worst enemy. So I think a good caddy is important for Steven. And you look back, his biggest one at the Players' Championship, his brother was on the bag. And, and if your brother can't tell you, you know, get your ass, kick your ass and get in gear, then who can? So I think, I think that's got part of it as well. All right, Bob. The next Canadian to win on a professional tour is Brooke Henderson, Mike Weir, Corey Connors, other. Um, that's a good question. I guess the odds would tell me the, to bet Brooke Henderson. Uh, you know, she had one bad round, which I know we'll get into a little bit later in the show, but she still had three good rounds at that, that golf course, and her putting actually was pretty good. So overall, uh, that's what I would say. I'm going to go with Weirzy. I just feel like 
every time it seems now that he puts the ball on the ground, like I mean, his consistency, not just in the quality of play, but the chances to win. You know, if he just cleans up a few back nines on Sunday, we, we could be looking at about his third victory right now in a very short window. I know sometimes the Champions Tour schedule works against them. They don't play as often and as regular. Uh, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Mike as as my next winner, and uh, and let's hope. And I, you know, off the top, I said we haven't got a, a winner yet or a week on the PGA Tour. I know we've had some good weeks, but let's hope we get that winner soon, Bob. Because, you know, I want to. I'm going to use their standards, right? Which is the good thing, right? They're they're not happy with contending and leading after round one. Their standards are to find the winner's circle, and 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 they have yet to do that yet. So, and we've again. Uh, We've got some sectional qualifying this week, which is interesting at the U.S. Open. And we have some Canadian content. We will get into it a bit, but I'm just trying to pull some of the Canadians out of there right now. Nick Taylor is in Columbus, Ohio. He is at the sectional qualifying there. So is Adam Hadwin at that sectional qualifying. And they're in Columbus well, trying to I can to interrupt you just for a half a second there, yeah. Mark, by the way. Yeah. The, they are in a rain delay there. Just so. Oh, are they? Okay. So it's gonna be real. It's gonna be a real long. Day. It's gonna be a real long day. Real long day for them. Yeah. Do they get the thirty-six in, Bob? I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Don't forget, a lot of guys tend to bail after the first eighteen if they're not around. So things might move a little quicker if that uh, if that does happen. Yeah. But uh, they got a lot of they got a lot of um, a lot of light. I think it's about nine o'clock when the sun goes down. So they picked a good day for it anyway. I'm trying to see if I can find any more Canadians just off the top. I know there is, I think, likely one or two more in there. So we'll take a look at that. Oh, you got one, Bob? Yeah, there's 14, there's 14 playing today over six different sites. There's in some total? amateurs. Across, there's, yeah. Uh, yeah, total. I mean, Roger Sloan's playing at one place. David Hearn's playing at another place. Michael Gligic's playing. Ben Silverman. Uh, and then there's some amateurs wow. that may be a little not quite as well known as some of those guys I just right. mentioned. So, um Hopefully we can get one or two through and, uh, and into the field as well. That'd be great. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to skim through them. There's just so many fields that it's, uh, it's hard to pick apart, but we will get into it a little bit later on in the show. Okay, on the other side, Patrick Cantley uh, with a victory at the Memorial. Uh, I had him this week in our TSN Edge picks, but Bob had uh, John Rahm in the TSN edge pick. So I, I don't feel like I accomplished anything other than another second place. Finish. I'm, I'm Mr. Top two, top three. I can't find a winner. I had Spieth last week. I had Cantley this week, who should be second, <laughs> who should be in a tie for second with Colin Morikawa. We will get into it on the other side, what we thought of the play. I found some of the play very sloppy, guys. I thought it was two guys trying to win a golf tournament with the Yips is what it looked like to me. We will jump into it on the other side. We'll talk Memorial. Bob, what did you think about, before we uh, go to break, what did you think about the redesign at Memorial? Did you, um, Some of the holes, I thought they lost some of the character at Murfield Village That I, with some of those classic holes coming home. I, I know the players were you know, happy about it, the positive reviews, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I just got to get used to it. It looked a little different to me. Definitely looked a little different. I didn't mind it too much. I, I had a chance to talk to Adam Hadwin after uh, he played his first round, and he was saying that it was. Um, he said he kind of understood all the changes, so I didn't. I didn't even ask him if he liked it or didn't like it, but he said he understood them, and a couple of them were necessary, like that par three sixteenth. They had to get the the green used to slope away, and now it's they, Jack took grass or dirt from the front and put it at the back. So I think some were necessary, but I think it'll grow on you, Mark. Not unlike your I head. Hope so. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, on the other side, we will talk Cantley. We will talk uh, contenders, Morikawa. Where do you sit on this? Uh, Scotty Scheffler, another chance to win. Doesn't get it done. Crazy footwork. He was top dancing his way around Murfield Village. We'll do it on the other side, and we'll hear from Patrick Cantley. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's jump into the PGA Tour. They haven't really spoken much about the Memorial Murfield Village, Jack's Place. One of the premier events on the PGA Tour, you know, outside of the majors and the players and the WGC events. You got to think the Memorial is kind of right there near at the top of the next layer. Patrick Cantley, his second Memorial victory, his fourth PGA Tour victory, his second victory of this season. And for a stretch in the early going of the season, Bob, he looked like he was going to be there every week. And then the putter went sideways. And Bob, the putter went sideways this week, yet he still won. Uh, I was just saying it in the break. It reminded me of stick handling practice there with both of those two guys, Markow and uh, and Cantley, kind of battling it in just to see who could who could finally get the ball into the hole. But you're right, there was some pretty uh, average at best putting by the guys who ended up in the playoff. A little, uh, I mean, it's not surprising. We we certainly for Morikawa, we know the struggles he had, and I think I think in both cases for these guys, the putting. Um, the lack of putting talent is is sort of boosted by the fact that the rest of their games are so good. So they have such great iron play, and they're good off the tee, and yet they come on the greens, and it's just it looks like a different guy taking hold of the putter. Yeah, it's a, it, it, you're right. It kind of magnifies that hole in the game because they hit so many greens that it ends up magnifying that those putting stats are weak. Now, we should say that Cantley and Morikawa, down the stretch, they did make a couple of key putts. Morikawa to keep to stay in it, Cantley eventually to take it in the playoff. So, you know, eventually it woke up, but early in the going, man, we saw some short misses. We saw some real twitchy putting. Cantley looks like he's gone to a shorter putter. Uh, Colin Morikawa went back to the old blade style, uh, TP, tailor-made TP blade style that he won the PGA Championships with, something very similar to that. Um, at the end of the day, it's a Cantley win. Uh, he spoke to the media about the victory as well as the John Rom situation. Let's hear from the latest winner, Patrick Cantley. I think it's totally understandable. Um, uh, and I think it would be abnormal not to feel that way. You know, he played such an amazing round yesterday and was, and was so far ahead that it was all but a sure thing. And so it's just, it's, it was very unfortunate. And, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I just had, I just had to stay focused and, and do my thing. And so I was glad I was able to do that. But obviously it, it was a very weird situation. Nothing he can do about it, Bob, um, in, in the sense that for him, for, like you said it off the top, there, there is no asterisks. There is no, uh, you know, reason for him to not consider this a victory. He doesn't make the rules. People WD from tournaments all the time. 
In fact, the last time I believe a leader, leader w, WD'd after 54 holes was Hunter Mahan back at the RBC Canadian Open. Do you remember that? We were on the grounds that day. 40 minutes before his tea time. His wife went into labor, and so he jumped on a plane, and he did make it home in time. Right. So uh, at the end of the day, it's still a victory for Patrick Cantley. Now, he will vault nine spots now to number one on the FedEx Cup points list, knocking down DeChambeau to two, Spieth to three, Thomas to four, Hovland to five, Kokrak to six, Shoffley to seven, Morikawa moves up 15 spots to eighth with another near victory, Sam Burns and Stewart Sink. All right, Colin Morikawa, I think, you know, at the end of the day, he played well. But again, the putter needs to get better. Scotty Scheffler, Bob. Over par, under par. Is is this another great finish for Scotty Scheffler? Or is this another disappointment where as soon as he got close to the victory, we saw a hosel rocket? Mm, Yeah. Uh, I kind of give him, I'm going to give him an even par. Because I think he's, I, I honestly don't think in the last little while he's been great. But as he was, say, like a year ago when he was on that ride and playing so well. I mean, he's played some good golf, but I think I'm, I guess maybe my expectations of him are a little bit more now in, in that he's been more seasoned, a little bit more seasoned on the tour. So, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe over par. <laughs> maybe over par. I guess yeah. I got to go back to that. Well, are Cantley and Morikawa, are they on your radar? Were they on your radar for Torrey Pines? And are they on your radar now for Torrey Pines after what you saw with the putting? Like, can they continue to fight the putter and still contend? I, I don't feel like they are. No, I don't think. I think I, I think Morikawa is so good tee to green, and the putting is just so weak. I just don't think. I mean, it, it's going to be sad for him. I think he could be a frustrated guy because he's probably going to hit a whole bunch of greens and not be able to putt if he does it like he did this week. Um, but I would say I just don't think you you can have any kind of holes in your game and be able to win a major championship. And clearly, those guys still have them. They certainly have them, and they were on perfect greens this week too, Bob. Those are brand new perfect greens, and now they're going to go to the West Coast. They're going to putt on Poa, and I know well. You know, Colin obviously has more experience on the, on the West Coast. Well, you know, Cant- Cantley does as well. I, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just talking myself into trying to give them a chance, but I just don't it's, And it. here we are talking, we're, we're, we're discounting two guys who were just in a playoff at the Memorial. I mean, I know, really, I know, these guys obviously are watch. playing pretty well. 71-71 <laughs> on Sunday gets him in the playoff, and Cantley uh, comes up with the victory. And obviously, Cantley and Morikawa certainly on the Ryder Cup team. Where do you put Scotty Scheffler's chances? There's going to be, what, six captain's picks this time mm-hmm. around? Is he on the radar, you think, Bob? Oh, yeah. I think he's on the radar. I think he's definitely in there. He looks like, uh, I mean, he'd be a grinding guy to try and beat, I think. Um, yeah, I think he's got to be. He's played well enough. He's made a name for himself. He's fighting. But I think I think the, la- the next little stretch here, you know, two more majors coming up and I think it's going to be an interesting stretch to see how guys play. It's flavor of the month kind of thing to me. I think they want those six picks to be guys who are playing well going in. Uh, so there's still a little bit of a little bit of a runway left for anybody, really. All right, and now Bob, we will head into uh, what should have been the RBC Canadian Open, the Palmetto Championship at Congaree. I'm working the broadcast this week. All I've heard is it's supposed to be a magnificent golf course. That's all I really know about it. Do you know anything at all about this uh, this golf course and, the, and where the players are going, other than we've heard that it's very exclusive, very you know nice, yada, yada, yada. I, I don't really know what style of play is going to get it done here. 
Um, going to be hard to handicap this when we do our TSN edge picks this week for, uh, for our uh, Golf Talk Canada television. Like, I feel like I'm strictly going on who's hot, what have you done for me lately, because I don't know what style of play is going to get done, and there's no history at this golf course. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know anything other than I've heard it's exceptional. Apparently, um, apparently a good challenge, and uh, there's a few of the guys who've played it. I think it was Webb Simpson maybe had played it was saying that he really liked the golf course but it's going to be a um, it's going to be an interesting test for everybody and I'm sure there's a lot of caddies out there walking around right now trying to take yardages and get distances and covers and all that kind of stuff because it's uh it's an open book for everybody. In your mind what does Dustin Johnson have to do this week to sh- to show us or to give himself a reason to feel good to be heading the Torrey Pines as a guy that should be on our radar? I think Top he needs. 10? Yeah, I was going to say I think he needs to con- get into contention. It doesn't necessarily mean to win, but you know I think he needs to start Sunday within three or four of the lead. Maybe that would that would give me some uh, some room for uh, to think consider him. And also I think he needs to hit that driver in the fairway uh, a little more. See see that a little bit more often as well. That could help. Well, certainly, and especially if you're going to be leaning on that for uh, for next for the following week. I mean, at Torrey Pines, you're going to need to hit that driver, and you're going to need to get, going to have to hit it well, not just long. You're going to have to hit it straight. That roughs cabbage for the farmers. Never mind for uh, when the USGA gets a hold of it. Great field, by the way. We got DJ and Kepka in the field uh, this week. Um, we have uh, Siwoo Kim's in the field. The, I'm looking here, Sun J, Sun J M. So there are there are you know a pretty decent field that guys that like to play the week heading into an to a major. Those players. So we'll see we'll see what it looks like. I'm curious to see what it looks like on TV. I'm curious to see uh, if DJ can find something because I hate to say this, but we are deep into the year, and I don't want to say it, but it's but could have become a lost season for some guys soon. Rory McIlroy, you might be able to throw into that mix too. We've only got, you know, we got a couple of majors left in the playoffs. They got to get going now, or it's another season where they go limping into a Ryder Cup and we go, okay, there's, you know, Rory still hasn't won a major since 2014. DJ didn't get one this year again. That's a narrative they want to avoid. Okay, on the other side, we're going to welcome in Adam Scully, get you caught up on all things Golf Talk Canada. I want to get Scully's opinion on Kepka and Bryson, too, because, uh, we all know that, uh, Scully likes, uh, his Kepka videos and things of that nature. So I want to see if, if Adam is on uh, Bob's side here, with uh, he's enjoying it, or if he's irritated by it, like I am, I think I mean, maybe I'm just easy to irritate these days. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll do it next on the other side, and we'll do a hundred dollar Mister Butcher gift card giveaway coming up next. We'll open up the phone lines four one six eight seven zero ten fifty. If you're listening to us on TSN ten fifty this morning in the Greater Toronto Area, the GTE. GTA, you are eligible for a $100 gift card. Mr. Butcher giveaway will do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Great news. Uh, Can-Am Cup is a go for 2021. So 
We'll be having some announcements for that. I, I don't know if it's sold out or not. There are so many, uh, so many guys that have been wanting to go the last couple of years, and we've kept pushing it back for obvious reasons, that I think there's now a waiting list. But I'll find out as we, as we go here. I'm just getting more information on it as we open up. Before we welcome in Adam Scully... Uh, let's give away a Mr. Butcher uh, gift card. $100 Mr. Butcher gift card for anyone listening to us in the GTA on TSN 1050 this morning. 870-1050, 870-1050. Stephen Ames won this weekend on PGA Tour Champions. We want to know how many victories now does he have on PGA Tour Champions. He won this weekend. What number victory was that for Stephen Ames on PGA Tour Champions, 870-1050, 870-1050 for your chance at a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card. What win was it for Stephen Ames on the Champions Tour this weekend? $100 gift card. All right, Skulls, welcome aboard, buddy. Where are you on this Brooks Kepka thing? You know how, you know, I, I want to punch him in the face. Uh, I don't like my chances. He looks like a pretty beefed up uh, big guy. I'm uh, not exactly a big guy myself, but I am Italian and I can get angry right away. Uh, you get me hot tempered, you never know, I might chew on his ankle or something like that. Take, take, take the guy down. How you feel you know, about this? Yeah, I mean, first of all, off your first point there, I don't think Kepka really hits leg day very often. It's more of just an upper body sort of destruction sort of day. So I, I think that'd be a pretty good, you know, bout to watch. You know, we, we have that match coming up in July. I think the undercard is Brooks Kepka versus Mark Sakina. I, I, I know I would watch that personally. But, I mean, to answer your first question, it's, I think it's good because it's something different. Um, I mean, obviously, there is that $40 million pot of, for, for social media. For, so who knows if they're in it together? I really don't think they are, given the history they've had, you know, talking over slow play a couple of years ago, the fire ants last summer, Brooks Kepka making fun of that. Of course, that interview that was leaked a couple of weeks ago at the PGA Championship with, with Brooks Kepka swearing and, and sort of rolling his eyes in absolute disgust at Bryson. The video that came out on Friday was funny, but sort of towing that line of maybe you're pushing it a little too far, Brooks. I'm curious what happens now that Brooks Kepka is playing this week. So he'll be asked about this a lot during the pre-tournament press conference. And then, of course, next week at the U.S. Open, where the media spotlight will just be absolutely glorified over these two. Imagine if they are paired together. What what would happen? I mean, would Twitter break? Would We'd have to have individual cameras on both of them to see you know is there going to be any any chirping back and forth but i think it's uh, it's it's something different so i'm not against it per se bob bob i know the beer giving away the free beer was close to the line for you uh i i becomes a problem for me when you're encouraging and influencing people to misbehave in the in the etiquette of a golf fan on on the course, you're not supposed to be heckling players as they play. So that's where across the line for me. Where Bob, do you think the tour goes with this? Because it's kind of been pushed back to the tour. Bryson said, "I think it's this is stuff is best for the PGA Tour to deal with." Does the tour do anything about this? Has the tour made a phone call to both of them? Uh, I don't think they have yet. I think they could. But I think the, you know, the, uh, you've probably seen this too, Mark, more than even maybe more than I have. Obviously, you're out there f uh, walking around with these guys. But I found in the last little while, maybe last three or four years, covering the tour when you go out there, the fans are a lot more 
um, rowdy. They're a lot more. They're a lot less like a traditional golf crowd that we think of. It's more like a hockey crowd or a baseball crowd. They're not afraid to yell things out. I think in most cases they're courteous to the um, to the swing. So when they're they quiet when the guys are swinging. But other than that, like I mean, think of a Ryder Cup. How crazy those kind of things get and people really do get lubricated and people do sometimes it's fun uh, but I think there are times when it crosses the line and there are people who have to be removed so you know the the, the fine line here of uh, people to say to yell at the, the Brooksy thing now every time that Bryson's going to go out there that's probably where we're going to have to start to I think the tour just comes to him and says hey look we're having fun but just dial it back a bit maybe maybe let the guys play golf um, first, and then they can kind of have their fun after. But you don't think that call's been made yet, or that email's been sent yet? I don't think so. The PGA Tour works pretty slow. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think right now they're. I think they're right now they're they're putting the band aids over the uh, John Rom situation first. So I think it may be a little bit of time. Oh. But I think. I think. Uh, I think they might be monitoring the situation. We'll say. I like that. Monitoring the situation. Okay, Skulls, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues this week. There's only a few hours left. How do they win? What are we giving away? And I've got some giveaway news as well. Oh, well, there you go. Well, we are giving away six dozen TP5 picks golf balls a little later this afternoon. Of course, that's the golf ball that Ricky Fowler helped design with the little designs on uh, the golf ball for alignment. Matthew Wolf also uses it. I also used it in the parent-child golf championship yesterday. We'll get into that very shortly, I'm sure. <laughs> but here's how you win. You follow Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram. You follow TaylorMade Canada on Twitter and Instagram and tag your golfing buddies. And, I mean, six dozen golf balls for some, that could be a full season. That could be two seasons. Bob's, uh, Bob, I've know, I know you've lost a couple of balls in the second hole at Weston a bunch. That could be four rounds. Who knows? But six dozen golf balls. We are giving away that later this afternoon. Stay tuned for us on social media for that announcement. All right. That's awesome. I've got some giveaway news. Before I get to my giveaway news, Adam, Bob and I want a, a breakdown of the year's first major. The parent-child at Bayview Country Club, you and Mama Skulls. Uh, we'd like to know. We were not allowed. Media was not allowed in due to COVID-19 regulations. So Bob and I could not walk around. I, I had my PGA Tour radio mic. Bob had a fedora pencil behind his ear, notepad. They stopped us at the gates. So you've got to let us know what, what went down. Yeah, so in years past, the, the gallery's been packed. We've played off the adrenaline, you know, hitting the ball a long way. Obviously, it was quite warm on Sunday here in the GTA, so we had to play with some tricky conditions. We got off to a bit of a rough start, but we really held it together. A seven-hole stretch. We were two under par gross, playing modified alternate shot. Bombs were hit. Some long putts were made. We sort of faltered down the stretch to come fourth place. But you know what? It was a great time. Uh, Mark, you always say the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. We had our Adidas yep. gear rocking. It was a great day all around. We've won it twice. We couldn't play in 2019 when Lama Skulls had her broken wrist. 2020, it wasn't a thing. So we're looking forward to 2022 already training for the next parent-child. And there you go. And that's a good segue, Skulls, because part of my giveaway news is I received a little uh, goodie gift bag. I haven't opened it yet for the three of us with some of the Adidas Team Canada gear that will be on display for the Olympics. And we're going to be doing uh, an Adidas Team Canada giveaway during U.S. Open Week on Golf Talk Canada. 
And also during U.S. Open Week on Golf Talk Canada, I have been informed that we are giving away Bushnell wingmans as well. The wingmans are cool. You, you, it gives you the uh, GPS caddy. It's also a speaker. You can also trash talk your opponent. So we're going to have some fun with the wingman. We're going to give away one uh, for the Maritimes, one in Ontario, uh, uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and B.C. So we're going to give away six of them across Canada. And we'll be doing that U.S. Open week as well. And, of course, 20 Weeks TaylorMade continues. And uh, I'm sure there's a big prize for the major week as well. So U.S. Open week coming up is a big week. We're giving away a lot of cool stuff. Going to have some fun. And I love uh, Bob on the ground at the U.S. Open. Not because I want Bob to go away. Because it's a sign that things are returning back to normal. The fact that Bob is double-vaxxed and on his way to California for the U.S. Open gives me hope, Bob, that we are turning the corner, sir. It's it's going to be weird. First uh, commercial flight in a year and a half. We'll be uh, visiting Pearson, my old my old home. We'll see if the old pals are still there and they can remember me, like when it was Norm going into Cheers. You know, Bob. That's right. We'll Congratulations to Dion Marchand. Dion Marchand, you win the $100 Mr. Butcher gift card giveaway. You are also into the draw at the end of the year. Uh, you and nine of your friends in for a draw for a Mr. Butcher barbecue at the end of the summer. So looking forward to that. Dion knew that Stephen Ames won his second career victory on the PGA Tour Champions this weekend with the one-shot win over Mike Weir. So big win there uh, for Stephen Ames and big win uh, for Dion Marchand as well. Uh, have you guys ever seen the wingman, the Bushnell wingman before I forget? I don't think it's so. It's very cool. Only on I've TV. Got, okay. Okay, I'm going to bring it in studio when we do like radio to TV for GTC Radio TV coming up uh, Monday after the U.S. Open. Two weeks, Skulls? Yeah. Two weeks today. So yeah. you, can pro you can program it to trash talk your your opponents so i'm gonna bring it in and trash talk scully because hopefully we'll get bob on the phone on his way home or for a segment on his way home from california you'll you'll be sitting in bob's chair adam at the, at our desk and i'm gonna trash talk you with this thing the whole the whole I show love it. <laughs> i love it can't wait <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have some fun with this i'm looking for I, I gotta learn it though it's my new project for the next two weeks i'm going to learn this right you know i'll have marty with me right oh yeah because when it comes yeah, I was to technology say, otherwise you, you, might, the... you might run out of time you only got two weeks to yeah. learn <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do that that been fun all right hour two coming up at golf talk canada on the other side we're going to break down uh u.s women's open Tons of ways you could go with this. We have a, a first-ever Filipino major champion. We had a 17-year-old that almost stole the show. We have Olympic Club that takes another big name down in a major championship. Add Lexi Thompson to the list of Arnold Palmer and Ben Hogan as lightning struck again at Olympic. What is it about Olympic Club where big names cannot close the deal with big leads? Shocking, but it happened again at Olympic. Uh, we will jump into it on the other side. We're going to have Todd Kirsted from Paragolf Canada. We're going to have winners weird and what. Updates from all around the world of golf. There's so much golf to, to uh, wrap up leaderboards. All coming up in hour two. Uh, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. 
Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back, Hour 2 Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Weeks, Scully, U.S. Women's Open Olympic Club. Yuka Sasso, Filipino, first ever major champion. Well done. Modeled her swing after Rory McIlroy. Rory had a funny comment. He said, well, congratulations now. You'll have people commenting on your swing on social media you know, the rest of your life. But she gets it done in a playoff over Nasa Hatako, or Ta- Teka, excuse me, uh, 69, 67, 71, 73. Uh, Bob, pretty cool story. A 19 years old, ties the record. We'll get into that in Winners Weird and What, but uh, 19 years old, well done. Uh, and once again, Olympic proves to be one exceptional major venue. Yeah, I think there's a couple of big stories here. Obviously, uh, uh, Yuka Sasso is a great story. Filipino golfer who plays uh, on the Japanese LPGA Tour. And as you said, modeled her swing after Rory. It does look very similar. It's pretty remarkable. There was a side-by-side. I can't remember who put it up on, on uh, social media. It was pretty pretty remarkable. But um, I'm just I'm just amazed that a 19 year old could have the gumption to kind of get through. And I know she was she was uh, I think um, she's I mean she's played a lot of golf and she's won over in Japan before. But still to get it through, she looked cool as a cucumber in that playoff too. I really really was surprised. And I don't know I, I'd be interested to know what you think, Mark, about the the format, the two hole playoff. It's kind of the first time we've seen it since it was sort of in, brought in. But I. You know, the two holes, and then they had to go to a playoff. Two holes seems weird. Three is good, four is good, but two is sort of... I, I'm with you, Bob. I, and, I, and I felt like as soon as they went to the two-hole playoff, it was like, oh, we just got to do something different, that we can't do what PGA and we can't do what the RNA yeah. are doing, so let's just go to two. When three and four makes the most sense to me, I kind of like the three, to be honest with you. I think it's just enough because you get like the odd number. Somebody might win one hole, the other person, even though it's not match play, but somebody might win one hole, the other player makes the other hole, and you kind of have the rubber hole there a little bit. And usually you get a variety of holes within three holes where you're not leaning on one characteristic of a game. In other words, Adam, if you go out and you play a sudden death and you get to a par five, well, now the person who hits it further, all of a sudden that one dimension of the game maybe comes to the forefront a bit. Where are you on the format? I mean, I, I know logistically it's an absolute nightmare, but I love the 18-hole playoff. I, th- I think it's great. You know, the sudden death. We think back to the 2008 U.S. Open, and historically, recently speaking, that has to be one of the, the best uh, U.S. Opens we've seen on the men's side of things. Obviously, Tiger Woods beating Rocco Mediate in that playoff, but that also went the extra hole as well. And there was a lot of criticism that maybe the USGA was favoring Tiger Woods because they actually went to the seventh hole at Torrey Pines, which is a dogleg right, and Rocco was only hitting a hook or a draw and hitting the left rough and Tiger won. But I, I love the 18-hole playoff. I think it's great. 
You've never, you you've never had to stay late. I stated it. He said, no, not one bit. I'll tell you, it's the most inconvenient <laughs> thing in the entire say, world. Yeah, I knew that. You've never seen... You've never seen guys racing for the phone to say, can I get back into that hotel? Can I change my flight? I yeah, mean, it well, is, it is and it's not just, selfishly, it's not just media. You know, it's volunteers. It's You're taking the course away for another day. There's a lot mm. of stuff. So I think this is, I think you, you, for television as well, you get it over with on the day. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I think two's too, too short, and I think three's just right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you, Bob. All right, let's hear from our latest U.S. Open women's champion, Yuka Sasso, 19 years old. Uh, first ever, ever Filipino player on the ladies' game, men's game to ever capture a major champion. Let's hear now from our winner. Yeah, I, I was just looking all the great players in here, and yeah, I can't believe my name's going to be here. I don't know what's happening in the Philippines right now, but um, I'm, I'm just thankful that there's so many people in Philippines um, cheering for me. Um, I don't know how to thank them. Um, they gave me so much energy. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone. Congratulations. Wonderful victory. Seventh start on the LPGA Tour. 19 years old gets it done. Okay, guys, Lexi Thompson. Here we are at Olympic again. I mean, Ben Hogan, Arnold Palmer, and now put Lexi Thompson on the list of, you know, star players that fall to this golf course. How do you make sense of this back nine? She shot 66 on Saturday. She goes out in one under par. She's playing solid golf. She comes home in 41 and hands this championship away. Bob, how long will this one sting for Lexi? I was interested after the round that she stood there and signed autographs for a while. She was smiling. It, it, I mean, remember, she walked away. She took a little break from golf because of mm -hmm. all the stuff was going on social media, the pressure she felt about the game and all that. So maybe she's in a better mindset where she can handle this thing, even though clearly this was... Um, I mean, this was an, uh, a really, really tough thing to watch. That chip on 11, which looked like, you know, looked like she was almost going to hit it twice or something. It looked like she had the yips with it. And then putts on 17 and 18, that there they're must make putts. And, and she doesn't get them to the hole. The one on 18, she only got about halfway. I mean, it was sort of a stunning, stunning finish for her, especially, you know, just on the front side, she had a five-shot lead. That's, uh, I was going to say, at one point, we had a five-shot lead. It into it. Five-shot lead with eight holes to go. This is, uh, I, I'm with Bob in the sense that, you know, she took a, she took a pause from the game, Skulls. Uh, she has perspective, I think is the right word, on, on what golf is and what it means to her life, her career, etc. And And she's probably well-equipped now at this age, at this point in her career, to deal with this. Maybe better than if she was dealing with this, say, 10 years ago. I get all that. But at the same time, th th at this stage in one's career, you got to assume this is uh, this is major scar tissue. Well, major scar tissue for someone who's playing in her fifth or played in her fifteenth U.S. Women's Open, and she's twenty-six years old, which is a mind-boggling stat in itself. But still, it was interesting watching, it, especially after that eighteenth hole when she left that eight-foot putt two feet short. It looked like she completely misread it, but she was smiling after it was. Uh, it was bizarre to say the least. I'm curious to see what her, you know, her, her outlook now for the rest of the season uh, will be in terms of recent 
you know, major meltdowns, if you will. You know, you think back to Jordan Spieth in 2016 at the Masters. You think to Adam Scott at the 2012 Open Championship. And, you know, how long it took those guys. For Adam Scott, it didn't take very long. He won the Masters in 2013. For Jordan Spieth, won the next year at the Open Championship. So for Lexi Thompson, it could go one of two ways. She could take this really hard or could elevate and motivate her to do well in majors here going forward. I'm really curious to see what happens. And you're right. She, in the sense that she's still very young still. Uh, sometimes we forget how young she is because she's been out there so long, right? Uh, and you go, wow, like 26, she's been out there forever and she's 26 years old. So it's not like she does not have time to come back and recuperate from this. And do you think there's something with Olympic, Bob? Do you think there's something there in this golf course that is just such a different golf course that it leads in this direction? Like where else do we go for major championship golf where the fairways camber in the opposite direction of the dog leg and the fairways are, you know, 50 feet below the, the tee deck and then the greens is 50 feet above the fairway where it's like, I mean, like the topography and design of this golf course is so unique. I wonder, I, I know I'm just looking for reasons other than it's just the jinx because there's no such thing. And, and I'm just, I'm stumped. I think it's a hard golf course. And when it's set up for a major championship, it's even harder. And you look at some of the scores that um, that were posted this week from the best players in the world. And I, I think, first of all, I think this is a great decision to hold their tournament here. They're going to Pebble Beach as well. So getting on bigger, better golf courses, is I think, is perfect for the, for this, for the uh, women's game. But I think you're going to see this kind of stuff. And listen, Lexi happened to do it down the stretch with a five-shot lead, but there was a lot of other calamities out there we saw. I mean, look what happened to Brooke in the second round after a brilliant first round. We don't really even know how... You know, how does that happen? But I think it's good. And yes, it does. We've seen these things happen in the past with Arnold Palmer and Ben Hogan and other players who have who have struggled uh, at the you know, most inopportune time. But I just think that's what what Olympic delivers to you. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I sure hope the members enjoy playing there because I'm sure it must be they must soften it up a little bit for them, <laughs> hopefully day to day, because that would be just a brutal test of golf. I've I've had the pleasure of playing it and, and I loved it and it, it was it was tough it was very tough and you never get a flat lie and everything looks awkward and it's never you never have a good number it's never a stock eight it's I got to push a eight or lay off a seven or because there's because to Bob's point it's just it's it's like you're up or then you're down and your side so it's always a half of this and a little bit of that and it, and it's it keeps you off balance all day from start to finish, uh, but it's a wonderful place and a wonderful area for the world of golf. That San Francisco area is just absolutely magnificent and, and great championship and congratulations and, and great, more great golf courses coming. And you want major championships held at venues like that. So good on the LPGA Tour and the USGA and to line up those golf courses for the Women's Open moving forward. Okay, on the other side, we had an opportunity. I caught up with Todd Kierstead, Bring Back the Game Initiative, who has launched... Paragolf Canada, paragolfcanada.com. Um, Todd deciding and, and taking a look over the last year, uh, along with some great friends of ours like Leslie Hawkins and Lori Kane, some wonderful people involved with the board at Paragolf Canada, that um, the disability golf world needed a level playing field, needed a training ground, certification program, things of that nature, uh, if we were going to increase this lane in the game of golf. Uh, Todd Kears has put the last year or so into this to get this launched. It is launched, 
and we had a chance to speak with him. We'll hear from him next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino, Week, Scully, our good friend Todd Kirsted from the Bring Back the Game initiative has launched a new initiative, Paragolf Canada. It's paragolfcanada.com. We've got a great group of friends and uh, and allies aligned with this, uh, including Adidas and TaylorMade and uh, Lori Kane and a lot of great people behind and supporting the Paragolf Canada initiative. Uh, a, a pathway for Canadians of all abilities to advance in golf. Uh, there is certifications, training, um, ways of uh, making uh, equitable playing conditions uh, through tournaments at provincial and national levels. Todd's got a lot going on with this. He's been working at it over a year. It launched a couple of weeks ago, and it's getting bigger. By the moment, I had the opportunity to sit down and go one-on-one with Todd Kirstead. Todd, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. First off, congratulations. Uh, great initiative. And I know the amount of work that you've been doing behind the scenes the last year or so to get Paragolf Canada to where it is right now. For our listeners and viewers that maybe missed the announcement, unaware of what you do, what is Paragolf Canada and why is now the right time? You know what? Thanks a lot for having me, Mark. Paragolf Canada, it's a groundbreaking initiative, which is creating a pathway for Canadians of all abilities to advance in golf, working with individuals with um, all kinds of disabilities from limb deficiency to seated golfers to shortened stature, intellectual um, disabilities to neurological and coordination impairments, stroke patients, MS, Parkinson's disease, you name it. Um, giving them a platform to not only have the opportunity to try the game of golf as a, uh, a grassroots development program, but all the way up to a national team where if the Paralympics were to happen tomorrow and golf was included, we already have a Team Canada ready to roll. Now, you've been bringing back the game as an initiative for many years and doing a successful job of it. And now you explained to me a couple of weeks ago, we were chatting about how you kind of identified some uh, inadequacies in terms of the ranking system, how competitions would happen. And you just couldn't throw a blanket over this, uh, this genre uh, of the sport. You identified it and now you, we have a solution in place. So uh, break that down for us. So with putting a blanket on it, basically we're just including individuals with disabilities. And, and unfortunately, it doesn't create a fair playing field. We need to classify individuals based on their deficiencies. You know, you take a lower leg amputee, you know, they have they generally have a pretty good golf swing. They're, they're able to adapt to a situation. And having them compete with a blind golfer, having them compete with somebody that's in a wheelchair situation, you know, it's just not a fair uh, playing field. So with classifying them, with putting them in their own categories, A, we can, we can make it fair. Plus with putting together a ranking system, which is taking their current or previous scores, and we're able to rank them based on how well they're performing 
based on their classification. So not only now can we host tournaments with the classification, but also we can include different classifications based on their flight. Yeah, yeah. I find this so interesting, Todd, because it's for me, it's about participation and having more people excited about playing golf. And I use this example. It popped into my head when we spoke originally. If you're a member at a golf club and they've got a handicap issue, they got a sandbagger issue, you find a drop in participation in net events because people start go start thinking to themselves, well, why bother? If, if I'm just there to for a, you know a participation ribbon, forget it. And, and in a way, this is similar in the sense that it was kind of unfair to lump some everybody into the same division because, you know, for instance, you said like a blind golfer competing against X, whatever. I mean, it should be broken down more to how you play in relation to your ability as to how you are able to compete. Does, does that correlation make sense to you? That's exactly it. But we had to start somewhere. You know, inclusion right. and diversity the diversity is a hot-button topic right now. Uh, individuals that are all abilities are, you know, it's, it's fairly new. So we had to get started somewhere. But what I've done over the years is we've done it a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper to make it so it's a – a fair playing field because what we're doing, as you just uh, indicated, we might be losing more golfers than what we're gaining in these events because of the participation ribbon. A lot of these guys know that they're not able to compete with the best golfers, but you know what? We need to get them participating. So this classification system is so vital. Okay. So we have a classification system. We have a ranking system. We have a developmental and training program, all part of Paragolf Canada. And of course the website is paragolfcanada.com. Uh, so if you want more information, you want to get involved, it's paragolfcanada.com. So we have all this structured set up. What's the short term window goal and what's the big picture? What's the real hopes for this five years from now? Let's start with the next six to 12 months Todd, where, where do we want this to land? What is the, what's the plan in place? Well, what we're doing is we're rolling it out on a grassroots program with different rehabilitation hospitals, using the game of golf as a form of therapy. You know, it's, it's rehabilitation, but in a fun way, because it's a sport that they might may, maybe, maybe never thought they could ever play again, but they love the game once before their injury happened. Um, so growing it that way, we're also creating a, a, a something that's really unique. It's going to be happening the end of August. It's actually a, a national virtual open. So Paragolf Canada National Virtual Open. So we're taking away all the borders. We're taking away the geography uh, boundaries. And we're allowing people from all across the Canada to participate in this open. And, and you know, COVID kind of kick-started that with our travel restrictions and our lockdown. But having this, we could have every potential adaptive golfer in Canada playing in this. And, and the participant part, participation level could be huge. And five years from now, big grand slam. What, what's the big dream where this might go? Or do we even know yet, Todd? With Paralympics. Paralympics is, I think, where we're going to be going. Golf's already included in, in, the, in the Olympics. We've got to get it rolling in the Paralympics. We do need the support of Golf Canada to do this. They're our governing body. Um, we need the support of the stakeholders in, in the provincial associations to roll this thing out. But if we're going to get it to the Paralympics, obviously Golf Canada has to be involved in this. Well, you're the guy to, to get this done. I know that. And you're passionate. You've done incredible work already uh, over the years, bringing back the game. This is the next step. 
I have no doubt you'll get there. You've got amazing partners with TaylorMade, Adidas. There's more to mention. Paragolfcanada.com, paragolfcanada.com. Todd, let's uh, let's keep moving the rock, and uh, we're happy to help him be part of the team. And thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for the platform. Let's get golfers out there that never thought they could ever play the game of golf again. Todd Kirstead, paragolfcanada.com. Great initiative, guys. And I, I love that uh, Todd thinking outside the box. How, how can we do something, you know, during a time period where travel's not exactly the easiest thing in the world to do and we can still do something at a national level without uh, people getting on airplanes and needing to move around and yada, yada, yada. So, so good on Todd, and I'm sure we'll have more news and more announcements and things as he rolls that out, so uh, good for him. Okay, we, we've got some time here before uh, we get to break. And uh, during the break, uh, Adam was uh, expressing to Bob and I how he's got some major things going on with uh, teeing up his Sim 2. Uh, he's, I guess I'm, I'm assuming, Adam, what you were referring to with Bob and I is that you believe you're getting longer? Is it? Am I reading this correctly? I'm finding that maybe a little longer, but it's definitely straighter. And that's you guys know me. I'm not. I don't exactly hit a lot of fairways because, as you know, I like to hit bombs. But you know, the the, the club head speed is is coming up. But uh, you know, the the misses are better. I'm finding as either both ways with twist face technology. You know, missing it off the high toe or low heel, the ball still staying relatively straight, which for me is simply mind-boggling. But it goes through a lesson <laughs> that um, it goes through a lesson that that many have um, spoken about before, and is that hit it, hitting up with the driver. So sort of, you know, you're teeing it up higher. You told us teeing it up higher and hitting up on the ball. So I'm trying to tee the ball up as high as I humanly can and just hit up on it, and especially. Uh, downwind, the ball's going forever. But I found as well into the wind, and, and this is, it has to go as well to the Taylor May TP5 golf ball, the Pix golf ball we was using yesterday. Um, the ball was staying relatively straight online as well. I obviously were a Taylor made show, but I genuinely believe that's the best ball I've ever played when it gets very windy and blustery. And the way it's been in the GTA here the last since golf reopened the conditions have been pretty challenging wind-wise. So for those of you struggling with the driver out there and trying to think of some sort of quick fix, try teeing it up high, try tilting your shoulders back and, and hit up on the ball and good things might happen. I Unfortunately, my golf game is a complete disaster, so I can't give you a critique on anything right now. It's absolutely, you could give me anything and, and I'm going to miss it. The one thing I have noticed with the Sim 2 uh, is it's, it's very forgiving. Um, that I find it more forgiving than last year's model. And the reason I know this is I'm hitting, I'm playing so bad that I can give you a breakdown of, of the forgiveness of a club because I'm missing everything about 80% of the time right now. So I'm really big on forgiveness. So I'm very happy that this year's driver is more forgiving. And I, but the one thing I do love, and I've been saying it for months, even before we got outside, I can't believe how good the fairway woods are. The three, it's the best three-wood I've ever hit in my life. It's ridiculous how good the three-wood is. Bob, Bob what, are, what are you – you know, you've been out more than I have. What are you, what are you feeling? Uh, Adam was, was talk, commenting on this earlier as well with the driver is the sound. I like the sound. You know, once or twice around when I hit it in the center, 
the uh, the sound is really good, and it's a, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, but sound is sound is feel, right? So, uh, but I have yeah. I've hit this now I've hit this lo- club a lot longer than I have uh, previous models, and you know some of that I know is the lessons I've been taking with our with my good coach Mark Linton, but um, but it, it is it's uh, it's got a good feel to it, and um, I can't I'm I'm not complaining. It's uh, I had. I think I hit uh, two par fives yesterday and two, which is big for me. Ooh, they're both downwind, but still, <laughs> still two and two. I'll, t- I'll take them. I'll take them any any way I can get them these days. Any exactly. way I can get them. So, well, hopefully this week we turn the corner and I'll have better news to report to you guys next week. Either that, <laughs> or I'm just going to hit three wood all day long. Nothing yeah. but three wood. All right, on the other side, we will do three dub, the good, the bad, the ugly, winners, weird, and what. Coming up next, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Weeks, Scully. It is that time. The good, the bad, the ugly. Winners, weird and what? Three dub, the T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, guys, my winner this week is the longest day in golf. And I'm making it my winner because I love the identities of majors. And, you know, we go to the Masters, and part of the identity of Augusta is the ceremonial capacity of the former champions, right? You you know there are guys in the field there that just come back every year because they're, you know, a Masters champion, and they're really there in a ceremonial capacity. And the Masters is about... Those types of things, par three contests, green jackets, skipping balls on the pond, pimento cheese sandwiches, crow's nest, champions dinner. That's what it's about. But the U.S. Open is about beating your skull in. Okay, it is the hardest test in golf. There is nothing fun about a U.S. Open. If you go to a U.S. Open for fun, you're at the wrong spot. Okay, it's a survival test. And this is part of it. This longest day in golf where we've got major champions and PGA Tour winners, 14 Canadians, as Bob outlined earlier in the show, playing 36-hole sectional qualifiers in 90-degree heat to make their way to Torrey Pines to have their heads bashed in. This is a beautiful thing, Bob. It's, uh, this is what we all come out to watch, isn't it? That's the best. As long as you don't have to play it, we can watch it and, and enjoy it. I love it that way. It's great from our chair, just not from theirs. Okay, my weird this week, Adam, I love this because what are the odds? You know, Justin Ray is an amazing follow on Twitter. Eh? He's one of the mm-hmm. best follows. And he came out with this kind of like right away. He said, uh, Yuka Sasso now becomes 
the youngest player in U.S. Women's Open history, but she joins somebody. 2008, NB Park, 19 years, 11 months, 17 days. Think about this. 19 years, 11 months, 17 days. Yuka Sasso, 2021. 19 years, 11 months, 17 days. <laughs> exactly the same age. What are the odds of the two youngest champions in history being exactly the same age to the day? That's pretty wild to think that can legitimately be a thing. That's sort of something that you'd write a movie about or have some sort of, you know, 30 for 30 documentary about the exact same day. That's awesome to see. And awesome to see um, young players have such great success on the LPGA. I think they should have. Okay, uh, Bob, I think, you not- Sorry. I was just going to say, Mark, I think they have to go down to the hours and the seconds, really. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bob, you and I spoke about this on TV. Uh, last week, we said, you know, we're talking about Brooke Henderson. We're talking about the U.S. Women's Open. And you and I both said, man, we really think one of the keys is she's got she's to break that Rory McIlroy thing. She's got to get out of the gate on Thursday. She needs a good round. We articulated her Thursday scro- scoring in majors. And it wasn't good. And if you look at the major she won back in 2016, she came out of the gates hot when she won her major with a great solid. I think it was a 66 off the top of my head on that Thursday when she won her major. She comes out this week. She does. She must have been watching Golf Talk Canada, Bob. That's all I can think. She must have been watching Golf Talk Canada. She goes out and shoots 68 at Olympic. And everybody, I mean, the Internet lit up. It wasn't just a Canadian story. Golf Channel, Golf Digest, yada, yada, Brooke Henderson, all Brooke Henderson. 78, Bob, on Friday. What happened? Uh, man, it's just like she lost control of her game. It was just so such a different scenario. And really, a lot of it stemmed off the tee. Such a difference from hitting fairways and not hitting fairways at Olympic with that rough they had there. But, yeah, it was just such a shocking. And then two two more under par rounds on, on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Just this one kind of red blip sticking out. It is shockingly uh, 68, 78, 69, 70, roughly about 10, hour, 10 to 9 shots worse on average than every other round of golf she played. Mind-boggling for Brooke Henderson. But, you know, she proved that the game's in a good spot. You throw it the one round and she would have been trending right where she needs to be. Uh, I still expect a good summer for Brooke. Okay, Bob, that's it for me. The tea is yours, sir. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, guys, my winner this week is, uh, is actually a good news story, obviously, if it's a winner. But uh, at the, just after the after Golf Canada had to announce the cancellation of the CP Women's Open, it did announce that there are some golf events that are going to go on that were canceled last year, and that's the National Amateur Championships. Now, they had to do a lot of scrambling. They had to try and find some golf courses. And so my winner this week are the golf courses that gave up their times uh, to mm-hmm. host these national championships. We all know how jam-packed golf courses are. And for golf courses that rely on revenue from green fees to give up your course for a week, it's pretty special. So the Women's Golf Club is going to be held at the Edmonton Petroleum Club. 
which is a private club out in Edmonton. And the men are going to play at Windsor's Ambassador Golf Club. I'm not sure if you guys have ever been down there. It's a nice golf course, mm -hmm. and uh, it'll be a good test for the guys playing down there. It's kind of a faux linksy style golf course, but I think it's just great, Mark, that these amateur championships, which were canceled last year, are going to get the go-ahead. I think it's good on uh, these clubs, Bob. I'm with you a thousand percent. I mean, you can't get a tee time. Golf is booming. They're giving up revenue. Uh, they're giving up access to their tee if they're a private club. So, yeah, good on them. Everybody chipping in, and these championships are important. Mm -hmm. And uh, all right, uh, my weird this week is I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but um, <laughs> you remember back in 2012 when the they had the trophy ceremony at the U.S. Men's Open at Olympic Club, and we all remember what happened. Exactly. Well, did you know, did you know that the Birdman was back this time at the U.S. Women's Open at Olympic? And apparently, we're not 100% sure of this, but apparently he was a guest of the Olympic Club and the United States Golf Association. His name is, uh, his real name is Andrew Dudley, and he uh, put out on, on Twitter, he said, a picture of himself, a selfie. He says, I'm overlooking the 18th green at the U.S. Women's Open where the journey began nearly nine years ago. Thank you, Olympic Club and USGA. So the bird man returned, but Adam, he did not do his famous bird call in any, well, at least not in any place where we could all see it. I, that, that's so strange that like how like why they invited him back you know Webb Simpson won his first major championship but everyone remembers the 2012 U.S. Open for the Birdman that's a bizarre story but I hopefully he enjoyed it and yes he didn't uh, go onto the green to interrupt the trophy ceremony. slow start but I knew that I'm <laughs> And there he is. That was the Birdman back in his back well in done, his Chris. prime prime days. But uh, yeah, kudos to Chris oh. behind the glass there for taking oh. care of that. That was beauty. Uh, my what this week is? Uh, what do you think the PGA Tour players are saying all about this feud between Bryson and Brooks? Well, we got a little look at that uh, because <laughs> Rory McIlroy, who's never been one to hold back on his comments, uh, was asked about it. Uh, earlier in the week, and he said, uh, I sent Brooks a message last Monday when it all came out. He said, I don't care what happens for me the rest of this week. This has made my week. This is the best thing ever. So, <laughs> so Rory's in the same camp as me. He really likes this feud that's going on right now, obviously. So imagine what the players are thinking, though, Mark. I don't know. I think it's just crazy. You know what? You know who else likes this feud, Bob, other than just Rory McIlroy? Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton, Justin Rose, Ian Poulter, <laughs> Francesco Molinari, all the Europeans must be licking their chops. Well, Scully has been laughing at it, too. And now, Adam, the uh, tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Just to piggyback, uh, Bob, on, that, on your what there, Justin Thomas replied, on Twitter a couple weeks ago when the initial feud came out about the match with one of those popcorn-eating gifts where you sort of sit back and you're enjoying it with the popcorn. So I'm sure that's going to be a fascinating team room uh, come whistling straight for the Ryder Cup uh, if they are both on that team. Now, we just heard Phil Mickelson there talking about hitting bombs. And you know me, I love Phil Mickelson. And Phil Mickelson is really enjoying the fact that he won the Wanamaker Trophy. 200 to 1 odds heading into the week. Nobody saw this coming. And Phil was playing a practice round alone earlier uh, last week, driving in a golf cart. And he, he had a little friend with him. Let's take a listen to this. Good morning, everyone. Just driving the club, just me. 
Baker. Just your friendly reminder that I won the PGA. If you guys didn't remember, Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship. Mark, we love Phil, and Phil just keeps being Phil. He's the best. Uh, Skulls, let's uh, use this as my winner on TV this week. we got to show this. It's great. I loved it. Uh, you know what? I love that he's having so much fun with it and, and enjoying it so much. It's you know, likely the swan song, you would think, although we'll probably get burnt saying stuff like that. Who knows? Watch him go win the U.S. Open Hour or something. I don't know. I want what's in that gum. That's all I know. <laughs> well, my weird this week, um, everyone, you know, public golfers, everyone listening to the show always post their scores online, or you should post your score online. And you know who else posts their scores online? The amateur, Megagane, she posted her U.S. Open scores online after playing in the U.S. Open. How crazy is that? That she, you know, after playing some great golf at the U.S. Women's Open, actually posted her scores. Bob, if you could guess what her index is, what would you guess? Whoa. Uh, it's got to be on the plus side, or like, mm-hmm. right? So plus 3.4. I don't know. What am I? Plus. Ooh, good guess. Plus 6.7. On Jim. Wow. Wow. That's pretty wow. impressive. That's yeah. just almost as good as Mark's. All, you know, <laughs> we're, we're teetering. We're almost there. It, it'd, be, it'd be good. I think it'd be straight up that match, right, Mark? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, boys. They say the average now on the PGA Tour is somewhere around plus seven, plus eight. The average handicap now on the PGA wow. Tour. That's insane. That, think about that. That's why I get a lot of shots. That's all I know. Yeah, <laughs> you and I, you and I both, you and I both. Well, speaking of uh, amateur golf and, and players who maybe want to play with professionals as well, my what this week, the back and forth on Twitter with Armin Abdick and Max Homa. So for 25 straight days, Armin tweeted at Max Homa, hey man, I'd love to play golf with you. And Max would come up with, you know, a couple of different excuses. Oh, I'm just not busy that day or any day. Or, you know, we come up with some other funny stuff, but uh, June 1st, Armin tweeted out day 25 of tweeting at Max Homa to play around golf with him. Have a great day, man. And Max replied, all right, man, can't believe you made it this far, but 25 is my favorite number. So you win for real this time. I'm astounded by your persistence. It's admirable and a bit weird, but let's play hashtag golf when the season slows down. I'll DM you to set it up. I am truly out of excuses at this point. Good for Max Homa. You know, one of the great personalities, you're seeing a lot of great personalities come out now on social media from the mm-hmm. PGA Tour. But, Mark, th- this is pretty cool for Max Homa to do this. This is awesome. Do we know when the match is? Have we set it up yet, guys? Have you, no, I haven't we don't seen know? it, no. No, not yet. I, I will that say that awesome. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's start, created a lot of copycats. I see some guy now tweeting at Corey Connors <laughs> to try and get him. So it's, it's like paying for the release of the terrorists' uh, hostages, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny, guys. This reminds me of uh, how I got married. I uh, twenty-five days in a row. I bothered <laughs> Heather if she'd go. Well, I just kept it. No, twenty-five days in a row. I kept asking her if she'd go for coffee, and eventually I broke her, and the rest is history. So you know, twenty. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I love Max Holman. He is like one of my favorite follows, uh, yep. and he's such a good guy, and he's so honest too, right? I loved it when he won. He was unfiltered when he won, and. Uh, He's real. He's the real deal. Absolutely love it. Okay, you know what else is the real deal, guys? Got like six golf tournaments to get uh, our listeners caught up on. Tons of golf from around the world of golf. We will get you caught up on all things GTC and all things leaderboards on the other side. 
This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up today's show with leaderboard updates. Brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in all of golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com. Check out the all-new Wingman. All the new gadgets there. We're going to be doing a Bushnell giveaway the week of the U.S. Open along with our friends at Adidas. Going to do an Adidas giveaway as well that week. Also 20 weeks tailor-made continuing. Big week, U.S. Open week here on Golf Talk Canada. The Porsche European Tour, excuse me, the Porsche European Open on the European Tour. A Monday finish for some reason in Europe. This is a strange one. Marcus Armitage has a... A two-shot lead over Thomas Dietrich and a two-shot lead over Eduardo Molinari, the other Azuri, a bunch of other players in there as well, but still one round to go on the European Tour. Corn Ferry Tour, Rex Hospital Open was won in a playoff by Mito Piera, who won over Steven Yeager again. Steven Yeager, he's got the moves like Yeager, it seems, every week on the Corn Ferry <laughs> Tour. He, sooner or later, he's going to grab another victory. Uh, he will fall one position, by the way, from first to second uh, in the, on the, oh no, he's, sorry, I was reading the wrong list there, their points projected list. We'll have to get that for you. Stuart McDonald, Canadian finish there, by the way, tied for third on the Corn Ferry Tour, so well done to Stuart. Uh, congratulations, Yuka Sasso, winning the U.S. Women's Open becomes, uh, ties the youngest ever to win a U.S. Women's Open, the first ever Filipino to win any major championship. Congratulations to her. Uh, Stephen Ames, Canadian, won to finish on PGA Tour Champions. As Stephen Ames beats Mike Weir by one shot to win the Principal Charity Classic. And at Murfield Village in Dublin, Ohio, the Memorial Tournament presented by Nationwide. Patrick Cantley in a playoff over Colin Morikawa. Scotty Scheffler, the solo third. Another good finish from Scotty Scheffler, but not another opportunity missed to grab his victory. Nick Taylor, the low Canadian in this one at T42. Uh, Taylor, the low Canadian flag on the board there. Corey Connors in a T53 position for Corey uh, Connors. Adam Hadwin uh, unfortunately missed the cut in Dublin, Ohio. And uh, Adam Hadwin, uh, alongside Mackenzie Hughes, missing the cut in Dublin, Ohio. But uh, again, 14 Canadians, as Bob mentioned, trying to get through sectional qualifying. And Bob, you showed me a picture just a few breaks ago on your phone on social media there of what it looks like in, in Dublin, Ohio right now. They're looking like a washout on on this sectional qualifying. Well, they'll do everything they can. It's going to be a bit of a delay. I don't know if they'll get 36 in today, but it's going to be a uh, 
a long day for those guys, made even longer by the by the rain delay. But I do have uh, two quick, real quick pieces of breaking news for you, Mark. The first is that we found another incident of Canadians finishing 1-2, this time on the PGA Tour. 1964 Fresno Open, George Knudsen beat Al Balding in a playoff. So there you go. We, we were talking about uh, Barr and, uh, or sorry, Ames and, um, and we are finishing 1-2. And then one more piece of news. There is apparently, this is breaking news, uh, there is apparently a monkey loose in downtown Charlottetown. I just thought I would pass that on to you Wade, because I thought that was the most <laughs> oh, unbelievable news I've ever heard. <laughs> so monkey loose. Unbelievable. Wow, the Fresno Back to you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. And in other uh, news, wow, Fresno Open 64. Talk about a ball, a ball strikers tournament. Hey, you got uh, Newton and Baldwin finishing one, two. Uh, you know, the, Balding, yeah. yeah. Say, yeah. Balding, sorry, yeah, sorry, Balding. So, yeah. That's, uh, do you know what course it was played at, Bob? Just out of curiosity? I don't. Does no, it say? No, because I, I guarantee you, pot, potting was the least important thing that week. Is what yeah, <laughs> Hogan exactly finished third, right. and, and Hogan guys, finished exactly. third in that one. Yeah, <laughs> That's uh, what's up the rest of the week for you, gentlemen? Uh, Bob, are you prepping for your U.S. Open and getting ready to get going? Yeah, we got a few things to uh, to get done for there. Some stuff to get done, so we have a little bit in the bank while we travel, and uh, <clears throat> hopefully uh, get a few games of golf because I don't know what's going to happen on the back end of my trip whether i'll be into quarantine or whether i'll be uh and missing two weeks of golf or whether i'll be allowed out yeah those things are changing by the second so uh hopefully you get a bounce there uh bob skulls you and i also we're getting ready for tv this week and we've got a few hours left people can still win 20 weeks of TaylorMade this week which is six dozen tp5 picks golf balls that is correct. Six dozen TP5 picks, golf balls. All you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada. Follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget, tag your golfing buddies. You'll be in a draw to win six dozen golf balls. Maybe a supply of balls for the week, for the year, two years, depending on how accurate you are off the tee. We'll, know. we'll see. But six dozen golf balls, we're giving those away. Uh, do we know how we're giving away that Team Canada? gear yet for adidas do we, we, we do not but stay tuned u.s open week and the week following u.s open week so two weeks today when we are recapping um the u.s open on radio on television uh don't forget sorry, also sorry, the end Bob, of, sorry the end of the u.s open is going to be when they uh finalize the olympic teams that's right finalizing Fair the olympic point. teams the we'll end see, of the u.s we'll see open. Who's gonna wear, yeah we'll see who's wearing the olympic clothing who's yeah, actually wearing that gear okay uh a couple of minutes left, boys. We've got the uh, Palmetto Championship this week at Congaree, which is the replacement event for the RBC Canadian Open. We've got a fairly decent field. The Bash Brothers in the field there at uh, at uh, Congaree. Uh, right now, I don't think, i got to be honest with you, I don't think we're going to see, unless Dustin Johnson does something ridiculous this week, I don't think there's going to be much that changes our viewpoint right now on what to expect at Torrey Pines. So, Right now, who's your favorite? Uh, you know, right now, if the U.S. Open was starting this week, who's your favorite at Torrey Pines? Adam? I mean, looking at the betting odds, John Rahm is the overwhelming favorite 
we're at now at 10 to one and some other guys uh, just behind them like Spieth and Rory McIlroy. Um, but for me, I know we're, we'll be making our TSN edge picks. Yeah. I don't want to give away some some random flyer. You know, I'm, I'm not going to pick Matt Kuchar again like I did for the PGA Championship because that went really well. Um, but, I mean, John Rahm has to be the favorite coming in, you would think, especially off off the, you know, the performance he had. I am curious, though. I mean, he'll be in isolation for a little bit of time here, not playing any, or he'll be putting in his hotel room probably sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So what kind of game is he going to show up with? But for me... I'm high on Xander Shoffley. I'm really high on Xander Shoffley. Yes, he had what happened at the Masters on the 16th hole. He claims he hit the shot well and misread the wind, but I don't know about that. But I think Xander Shoffley, hometown guy in San Diego, I really am high on Xander Shoffley at the U.S. Xander Shoffley, hometown kid Xander Shoffley, and Mm -hmm. potentially putting with an arm lock putter when we get to the U.S. Open full-time. We'll have to keep an eye on that. John Rahm was always my U.S. Open favorite all year. You know, I've kind of been pointing for Rahm to the U.S. Open, and, and now the numbers are saying that. But now this isolation has maybe got me off Rahm, and I'm wondering, wow, do I have to change now? I've been on him for the U.S. Open for four months, and now I'm going to switch gears. So I'm in a, I'm in a dilemma here. Bob, I, don't, I haven't landed anywhere. I've got about 30 seconds. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with two big strong guys. I'm gonna go with the feuding brothers, Bryson and Brooks. Ooh. I think those two guys, Bryson, defending champion. We know what he did last year uh, at Wingfoot, so he could possibly do that again. So I'm looking at those two guys right now. That's not a bad a uh, pick. Well, that's not bad. And I do think we are going to be in a playoff. How good would that be? <laughs> I do think we are in a in a particular venue and a setup, guys. Where driving is going to be very important. I, I think this is going to really come to the forefront you better hit it long and you better hit it straight all right guys we'll see you tomorrow for uh golf talk canada tv which airs wednesday uh have everyone out there play well have a great week enjoy the heat keep it in the fairway remember first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet thank you for listening this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by adidas golf and the all-new ZG21, lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.